1: A gospel reading from the 13th chapter of Matthew. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea. Such great crowds gathered around him that he got into the boat and sat there, while the whole crowd stood on the beach. And he told them many things in parables, saying, Listen, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seeds fell on the path, and the birds came and ate them up. Other seeds fell on the rocky ground, and they did not have much soil, and they sprang up quickly, since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched, and since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and brought forth grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirty. Let everyone with ears listen. Hear then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what is sown in the heart. This is what was sown on the path. As for what was sown on the rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy, yet such a person has no root but endures only for a while. And when trouble or persecution arises on account of the word, that person immediately falls away. For what was sown among the thorns, this is the one who hears the word. But the cares of the world and the lure of wealth choke the word, and it yields nothing. But as for what was sown on the good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and yields, In one case, a hundredfold, in another sixty, and another thirty. The Gospel of the Lord.
0: Let us pray. Holy and gracious God, sower of seeds, bringer of rain, bearer of promise, thank you for the gift of your word that you continue to plant in our hearts and in our lives. Forgive us for the days that were not very good soil. Thank you for the grace that says, you will not give up on us. So as we ponder the gift of this beautiful word, of your presence with us and for us, I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts will be acceptable in your sight, for you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. the parable of the sower of the seed. When you look at this picture, what seems maybe just a little bit odd? Now, I'm not a gardener. I think it's ironic that I get the kind of texts that talk about planting and growing. We've heard from beautiful people in this congregation that have gifts for that. I'm so glad so many of you are feeding our neighbors. I brought plastic bags in case anyone else is like me. Now, in this picture, does anything strike you as odd? Again, I'm not a farmer, but I find it odd that there are actually furrowed rows, and then he's throwing the seed out indiscriminately. Now, Bill and I lived in Africa when we were first married, and that this indiscriminate sowing is how they plant in many places. That would not or is not how we plant around here, is it? Those rows are there for a purpose. They help increase the yield. But this picture of the sower sowing indiscriminately, this parable that Jesus tells, has a distinct purpose. And I think this particular picture is important because it talks about the indiscriminate nature of God and how God doesn't care about where the seeds land. Again, this is a parable. The word parable, it's an illustrated story, but the word parable comes from the Greek word parabolo, which means to lay down alongside of something. So Jesus will lay down a story to help the people understand what he wants them to know about the kingdom of heaven. Now, interestingly enough, in our reading for today, the reading is split up into two parts. We get the parable, and then we get Jesus explaining the parable to his disciples, because they say in verse 10, uh, not in these exact words, Jesus, we don't get this. What does this mean? Why are you telling us this? Jesus is not really talking about going out and planting seeds, so to speak. Jesus is telling them about the kingdom of God. And I think it's unfortunate that in the reading, we don't get to hear what's in between. Because in Matthew's gospel, which is a gospel that speaks to the Jewish community of the day, Jesus always brings in the prophets. He always talks about what they should already know. And as Jesus is explaining the parable to the disciples, he does quote the prophet Isaiah. And he talks about how the people in Isaiah's day, there would be those who would hear, but they wouldn't listen to the word of God. They would see, but they wouldn't understand what God was trying to tell them. And so they were sent into exile. Now, I would imagine that the people of Jesus' day felt like they were living in exile, overcome by the Roman emperor, having to do whatever the Romans told them to do, and yet still trying to be people of faith. And in this middle section that we don't get to see... Jesus ends the section by saying, truly I tell you, many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see but didn't see it, and to hear what you hear but didn't hear it. You see, what the righteous people, and they were part of the crowd that came to hear Jesus, but they didn't come for the same reasons that others came the very righteous people of the faith of the time, came to listen to Jesus so that they could trip him up, so that they could hear him say something that they could use as an accusation against him. Here were the protectors, the people, the leaders of the faith, clergy, who proclaimed to the people that God would send a Messiah that would set them free and yet, when the Messiah was right there in their midst, they failed to see the presence of God. They failed to see Jesus for who He truly was. They failed to hear the words of Jesus for what it truly was and continues to be. You see, they were always trying to, to catch Jesus up. Remember what Pastor Arlen Tolsman told us last Sunday? What did they call Jesus? A glutton and a drunkard. Well, Jesus had much to say and much to teach. And the righteous people closed off their ears and their hearts. Not all of them, but some of them. So a question for all of you. When you were young, what, if you think back, what was the first song that helped you know about the extravagant love of Jesus? What was the first song that you started singing the words to? Or you knew that this song talked to you about God and Jesus and it wasn't going to leave your heart. Anybody? Jesus loves me. Thank you. You know, I took a big risk on that one. (laughs) And that is usually the song. I remember when I was doing chaplaincy work at the hospital in St. Paul, and there was a man with significantly advanced Alzheimer's, and he would do very unfortunate things. And so oftentimes, he was constrained to his bed. And Nothing seemed to calm him down. And one day when I went into his room and he was thrashing around, and I put my hand on his arm and I started singing, Jesus Loves Me. And he immediately calmed down. And the tears rolled down out of his eyes. And so that became my job for the eight weeks that I was there, is every time he would, when he was in, when he would get restless, they would call, come and sing. You see, music has always been a way that God has planted God's gift of love in my heart. And actually, the first song that I ever learned, and I didn't realize I was learning it, and I learned it from the best theologian that God has ever put into my life, my mother. And she sang this song to me as a lullaby. Tell me why the stars do shine, tell me why the ivy twines, tell me why the sky's so blue and I will tell you just why I Because God made the stars to shine Because God made the ivy twine Because God made the sky so blue Because God made you That's why I love I sang it to my children. Because God loves you. That's why I love you. You know, that's really the message of the parable of the sower. Why did God sow indiscriminately? Because with God, there is no exclusion. Nothing is left out. No one is left out. There isn't a region too far that we aren't supposed to... Carry that word that you are loved and beloved. I heard it as a lullaby. I grew up hearing it. I sang it to my children. And then each and every day I had to remember or think about, which some days I did better than other days, am I good soil or am I bad soil? And for those of you that have had the distinct pleasure of riding in the car with me, I'm very um, intentional about how I feel other drivers should drive. So those those are not my best good soil days, you know? And my dear mother, who again was the best theologian, when I was not behaving myself, And two occasions come to mind, and I'm not going to tell you what they were exactly about. But one was when I was a young adult, just getting ready to go and get married. And my mother looked at me and she said, Marlene Marie, I want you to know, I love you, but I sure don't like you very much right now. (laughs) You know, we need that. Because some days we're not very good soil. This is a messy slide, intentionally so. I would have failed the course on communications at the seminary if I'd put up a slide like this. But I was trying to help us recognize how blessed we are. And Jennifer did such a good job of starting announcements with how blessed we are as a community of faith with all the ways that we do discriminately, without thinking, widely and wildly sow the seeds of God's love. I don't know if you can even figure out what some of the things are that happen within this congregation. But since Pastor John's gone now, I want to point out the one in the middle with his picture. Because, you know, over the years, we do learn to change, to open up to reconsider how we've always done things. And I say it that way because I believe, as someone who is a pastor in the church, I believe it's more unusual than usual for a congregation to support a pastor that wants to be a chaplain in the military. And when my husband and I got married and he was in the military, it was not a happy time to be military people would just as soon say unkind things and do unkind things to us as to honor that. And I remember when I first heard that, after we had moved back here, that Pastor John was going to be a guard chaplain. I went up to him and I said, I rarely do this to other pastors, but are you out of your mind? (laughs) And he kind of smiled and I said, And yes, that was my first thought. But my other more important and godly thought was, thank you, Pastor John. Because the people that serve in the military need chaplains like Pastor John that can be open and loving, including rather than excluding because everybody doesn't fit into the precise little pigeonholes that sometimes we try to make faith into. You know, we want it to fit what's comfortable for us. And if you open up the Bible, like I have tried to encourage the kids to do this morning, you will discover when you read the stories of God's people, which is a reflection of us as God's people, God doesn't call us to do what's comfortable. God calls us to do what's right, and what's loving. And that means including, welcoming, stretching. And I can tell you that from the two congregations, well, from the several congregations that I've served, especially the first one, if we as leaders had opened the people up or tried to open the people up to as many opportunities as this congregation does, more people would hear, all they want us to do is give more money. That's never what faith says. Never, never, never. And why do we do it? For the same reason that Pastor Steve talked about in his sermon a couple of weeks ago. Because... It makes a difference to one. Remember the starfish story? Yeah. We do it because of love, because it makes a difference, if only for one. And one is what God sees when he looks at each and every one of us and each and every one of the people in this whole world that are created in the image of God. Why do we do it? Because God loves you and therefore we are called to love. I don't know if you do God pause devotions, but yesterday, Reverend Deanna Wildermuth wrote what I thought was just the perfect short devotion for this text. And she says, I imagine God tossing handfuls of mercy, reaching deep into divine pockets to grab more, and then widely and wildly flinging it into the world. God's mercy, love, and forgiveness are not distributed according to worthiness. Rather, God does what is needed to accomplish God's plan of life for all. The sorrows of the world receive what's needed for comfort and healing. The failings of this world are judged with love. Created in the image of the creator, God intends for us to join in casting the seeds of God's word of grace to bring forth welcome and healing that leads to the growth of a new creation in all humankind and in all of God's creation. And she goes on to say, let anyone with empty hands fill them with mercy. Go and love, my friends. Not because the one you meet may be so lovable. Go and love. Because God in Jesus is already loving you. Amen.
1: We hope these words will strengthen you as you live out your daily life. If you would like to know more about faithfully, leave a prayer request financially support our mission and ministry please go to our website at faithfl.org may god bless you in the days ahead